Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Dating Dossier. Today, oh, hi Jolie. <laughs> Perfect timing, Jolie. <laughs> Thank you so much for your little little in, intro there. Uh, but who we're actually talking with today is JJ. So JJ, I'm going to give you the floor, let you introduce yourself. If you want to talk about how we know each other. Let's go. Hello, everyone, ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between, around, outside, and wherever you fall on the LGBT or other spectrum. Um, my name is JJ, as Jillian just said. I know you yes. via your brother, I, um, who we've already heard from, um, Ian and Catherine. I lived with Ian as his roommate for two years. Um, at school, which is at CNU, which is the same university that you went to. That's right. Go CNU, go captains. Um, but yeah, so I met you, I believe, oh my gosh, what was it? So we were, oh, I remember, this was before we lived together. This was before Ian and I lived together. We met um, because Ian and I were both transferring into CNU the same year from Northern Virginia Community College. Um, okay. He went to Culpeperish mm -hmm. area. Yeah, um, right. And I'm up here in Fairfax area. So um, we both transferred in at the same time and we were in the same transfer orientation group. Um, we met because I was like, I have no friends. <laughs> I don't know anybody. And this dude seems nice and looks cool and yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, I introduced myself. We got to know each other. We hung out. Um, he was quite literally my first CNU friend, aside from people that I'd already non known that went there, which is really cool. Um, and we were friends for about a year. Was it a year or two? Yeah, I think it was just a year. Um, at which point, um, in that time, I believe it was one day Ian was like, hey, I have to take ingredients to my sister's place off campus um, and we're going to cook chicken something. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I know it was chicken based. Don't was ask me how I remember. Was it like buffalo chicken dip? Because I feel like that's like my favorite food. In it could have been. <laughs> it could have been. Um, all I remember is that he's like, yeah, I have some ingredients I need to take to my sister's. You want to come along? And I was like, sure, absolutely. Let's go. Um, cause you, like, if you know me, you know that I literally have nothing going on ever all the time. Constantly. <laughs> um, and especially at that point, I didn't really know people. So, um, yeah, we brought over some ingredients and I, uh, met you at your house and mm -hmm. we cooked Shout up some shoe food. shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, we hung out for a little bit that evening. Oh, no, no, no. What was it? Y'all went to a party or something. And then we drove uh, yeah. you back from Norfolk. Oh. <laughs> at some point and that's how we got to talking because you were a little bit um shwasty wasty and I was a little <laughs> bit warm myself <laughs> I was a little bit uh shwasty wasty myself a little bit warm a little bit hot under the collar toasty, yeah. um a little toasty um so we just got talking and then we hit it off really good unfortunately after that it wasn't until I believe his wedding that we talked next and it most recently aside from <laughs> Are, I know. Um, aside from our recent conversations but yeah 
I think so it, I, I stayed at your guys's apartment a couple times, but it was always mm -hmm. super brief because by that point you guys were upperclassmen and I think working. So it yeah. was like, it was, and I lived in North Carolina. So when I would visit, it would just be like, hi, hi, love you. Okay. Bye. Like, yeah, it was super fast. brief. Yeah. Um, I know I came to your house at one point, I believe that was a long time ago. Just to, <laughs> I think it was to drop Ian off. That's right, because we carpooled. I dropped Ian off on the way up here for like spring break or something. Okay, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, that's about, that's a bit about how we met. Yes. We haven't had the opportunity to get to know each other super well. Right. But, yeah, um, that's how you and I know each other for the most part, right? I mean, uh, feel yes. free to add anything. No, you did a great, you did a great job, like, um, summarizing that story and that's how I feel like with Ian and all of his friends who he's super close with like if Ian loves you I love you like I feel like adopted little brother like that's how I've always felt like oh. we don't I know even though we don't hang out all the time um that's just how that's I gonna it. change when this coronavirus bs oh ends. my god I know also to everyone listening I am not afraid of using language and not afraid of describing in Full detail, if you can't already tell. No, yes. so this my podcast already has a little explicit warning, so we are free to do whatever we want. Like, Two we thumbs are way up for that. <laughs> we already know what's going on here, but yes, because you moved up here, I think last year, and I was like reached out to you, and I was like, oh my god, like I live up here. I just came mm -hmm. up here. You want to hang out, and then you were getting situated, and literally the minute you get situated, we're in a um, quarantine. So absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I like you reached out to me and you were like, hey, I'm situated. Let's hang out. Just kidding. Like a week later. <laughs> Literally a week later was quarantine for Virginia. Um, and that was even late, too, for the coronavirus situation, if I recall correctly. <laughs> but yeah, so I graduated from CNU last spring. Mm -hmm. Rip to all those graduating seniors this year who aren't going to graduate yeah. on time. Wah, wah. So sad. We wish you the best. And we understand that this is a, a trying time so hold your head high put your nose to the grindstone it's worth it life gets better after you graduate i and promise I'm just, I'm just gonna say this like take it as a blessing in disguise that you are not sitting in a recycled trash bag graduation gown in the sun for four hours i'm just saying i was yeah it, it, it so and, was i so was i and yeah. my year old grandmother sat in the sun for four hours i'm just saying if they're moving it to october i know it sucks it's hard but guess what you probably won't pass out from a heat stroke at your own graduation so I don't plus, know. all your friends are going to be there too because all the underclassmen who don't feel comfortable coming in the middle of the summer to a graduation event yes, exactly. will actually be on campus like your fraternities and sororities can you imagine can you imagine i cannot I 100% think that it's going to be family weekend, which is oh, like our homecoming. university's homecoming, yes. family, like everyone's there, everything's happening, football games, fireworks. I think like, I will go back this year just because it's going to be a banger. Like, Yeah, seriously. I'll see you there. Shoot, let's carpool. Anyway. Actually, wait, let's be smart. And yes, let's carpool and then crash at Ian's place. That's our plan. True. I still have Okay. I have a bone to pick with your brother because <laughs> straight up the last time he and I talked was his wedding night. 
Oh my I gosh. literally have tried to get in contact with him and then I found out through your episodes on your podcast that he changed his number and I'm like, Are you kidding me? I've been reaching out to you like five or six times. I finally he, reached out he's to never Catherine. Been on social media. Like he never checks Facebook. He he gets no, mad he when I tag him and stuff. That's why you will see me be annoying and put stuff on Facebook. I will tag Catherine and I will say, Can you please show this to Ian? Like that's what we've mm-hmm. come to. So yeah. FYI, anyone else who's out there like JJ and listening and trying to get in contact with my brother, um, reach out to me or Catherine. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like it's he's a great kid. He does not use his phone. No, like, he's like ever. Throwing rocks outside and doing push-ups. I don't know. You know, you lived <laughs> with him. <laughs> I did. I lived with him. Oh gosh, that was when he and Catherine first started dating. Yeah. You, so you got to see that begin. Which I hear that he ignored her a lot, and he ignored everyone a lot. Yeah. Like when he wasn't working at. Um, oh gosh, what was Jimmy it? John's. The right? Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was Jimmy John's. Place. Yeah. When he wasn't like hardcore managing jimmy johns as like an incoming employee he was sleeping and working on i believe it was physics homework or something like that oh i'm sure. engineering or whatever computer science but i don't know i'm like shoot if you if i knew you were going to drop out i would have completely helped you procrastinate that entire time but. right exactly like been drinking well okay so i will say to get us back on track so i remember ian telling me um that you had come to him and he was one of the first ones that you talked about in your journey and your story seeing you I do know and if that's not true that's totally like just let me know I know Ian kind of takes credit for it just let you know no seriously Um, yeah um that's right that is accurate so if you haven't caught on I don't know what the title of this episode is going to be But this is going to be the episode where I talk about my journey as an LGBT individual. Um, Very basically just a gay individual. Uh, My coming out story, my experiences, and kind of stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. Um, Let me get to the beginning. Yes. So. Yes, this is real freedom monologue. This is you. Take the floor. I have no problem talking. (laughs) If you know me, you know that. (laughs) But so to start off, um, I think it's important to know a little bit about my background. Yes. I come from a very conservative Christian family. Um, My family is multiple generations of church leadership from a Protestant um, Baptist based church situation. I am what you call a PK, um, AKA a pastor's kid. I, did, I um, didn't know it was that involved. That's crazy. It's very, very involved. <laughs> both sets of family has, or like both my mom and my dad's side have multiple generation of church leader, generations of church leadership in our family. So I was raised with a very, very conservative mindset. Okay. Even though I went to public school, mm-hmm. I was very much steeped in a, an environment of everything being through the lens of a conservative Christian mindset. So that is a little bit about my like ideological background. Okay. Um, sorry. Can yeah. we edit this real quick? Resume. Okay. And we're back. Um, we were talking about 
So we had your ideology, background, mm -hmm. that's where we were. Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit about my background. My family, once again, is, if it's TLDR or whatever, like, my family's hyper-conservative Christian. I have also been considering myself a Christian for, like, the longest time, like, my entire life. Um, so it's one of those things that, like, ideologically and then personally that is a hard puzzle piece to fit together to try and figure out how religion and um, sexuality fit together. Yeah. Um, when I went to college is when I really first started learning about what my options were. I've known about myself in the sexual light since I was literally in like third or fourth grade. Oh my gosh. Like I've, I've known, I've understood that I was different. It's very much one of those, like, I knew it was different. I knew I didn't fit in. Like, everything was different. It's a pretty basic coming out story with regards to that. Except the one difference is that I was so young. A lot of people who I've met who are in the LGBT community, um, and this, sorry. I got the notification too. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. And this is something that's a little bit different. So I knew I was gay when I was super young. Um, and the thing that gave me the awareness of that, mm -hmm. freaking Zach Efron from High School Musical. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he gave a lot of people their sexual awakening. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just going to say It's ridiculous. That. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, bruh can't do that to me can't do that to me um i have gone through <laughs> yes sing it okay i'll stop um try it sing it oh god um oh i've also been in music my like entire life so that was another clue not that I'm equating liking music to being LGBT, but there does tend to be a correlation, not causation, mm -hmm. but correlation between artistic ability um, and LGBT community-ness. Yeah. Um, I would be willing to say that artistic individuals tend to be more open-minded, hence the creativity, the ability to think outside the box, the ability to accept that things can be different. Yeah. This mentality about art also shapes people's mentality about life because yeah. art, oh. art is an extension of one's self in a different way for other people to be able to associate and empathize. Um, so I think that in that community, there's just a lot more acceptance in general for LGBT, LGBT and other marginalized communities. Um, by the way, when I say LGBT, I do recognize that there are a million and a half other letters that come after that. LGBTQIA+, that's all I know. Yeah, it's, um, I'm but affirming nobody, of all gender, sex, and sexual Nobody like identities. says all the letters, 
but I mean, I feel I'm like support. I'm like, whatever. I'm supportive of it. I'm an, I like to consider myself an ally. I can be called out if I'm not a good ally. That's fine. No, I, I mean, pains, but ever, I, no I one's perfect. And yeah. no one's a perfect ally. Even people in the community aren't perfect allies for other individuals in the community. There is lots of individuals in the LGBT community that don't um, advocate for other individuals in the community because fear and internalized phobias. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a um, whole thing. totally. A little, a little bit about my background as far as that is concerned. I also graduated CNU with a Bachelor of Arts degree in sociology. Um, with a concentration in anthropology. So awesome. that may give you insight as to where I'm coming from when I talk about communities and marginalized groups, um, because that was my entire life for to know five it. years. <laughs> I had to know it. I literally got tested on this knowledge. Um, yeah. So I'm not a professional. I'm not practicing sociology right now. Um, but I do have experience in understanding how um, marginalization works and how minority communities are affected by that, including the LGBT community. So if anybody's wondering what my credentials are to be able to talk about any of this, one, I'm part of the LGBT community. Yes. And two, I've studied the LGBT community for my degree. So. It's your life. It's your degree. That's all and, I can you by. <laughs> I have a gay friend, so I can't be homophobic. Is I, that how that works? I mean, uh, me, the typical white girl, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Um, but oh my gosh, it's also like saying, oh, I have a black friend. I can't be racist, right? I know, right? That's why, that's why, I'm like, I like, that's why I say, like, I'm like, I want to be an ally, but I know I'm, like, not, you know, doing, I just, I just, I give my love and support, and I try. As long as you try, and as long as you understand that people are different, and that's okay, like, that's a, that's our jumping off point. That's all we ask. Absolutely. And like the more you learn, the more you become able to factor in those different identity factors in your vocabulary and how you present yourself and how you interact with people. So like, totally. it's all experience. And like you're, you, you are the kind of person from what I know that's willing to try and learn and try and incorporate that. So that's cool. And I'm a hundred percent down with that. Where did I leave off? Okay, so um, you were um, part of the community, and you knew where you were in that community for a long time, but it didn't necessarily sound like you were well, No, I was not. So because I lived at home with my family, once again, living at home with my family now, ooh, fun. Um, but because I was living at home with my family and my social life primarily was church people and I didn't quite have support mm -hmm. um, growing up in the community, um, I very much kept it to myself. It was something that I was very evidently and very anxiously trying to keep hidden. Yeah. I have developed both major depression and anxiety disorders. And I think part of that is both chemical in the brain genetically, because both of my parents have mental and emotional health issues. But I think also that is nurture. So um, mm -hmm. for any parents who may be listening or potential parents, which may be a lot of individuals. Yeah. If you suspect your kid of being LGBT, please, please, please make it clear to them 
that it doesn't matter what their sexual orientation or preferences are. You love them nonetheless, and you accept them for who they are. Part of loving someone unconditionally is accepting that they are who they are and loving them regardless. I can tell you from the multiple studies that I've looked at and um, researched, the, de the depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideology, or audi what's the word? Suicidal audiation, ideation mm -hmm. goes down in LGBT folks when their family is accepting of who they are. Having come from a non-accepting family, I have one individual, maybe two, in my entirety of my extended family that I would consider as being accepting. And it used to be three. Unfortunately, my uncle passed away um, a couple years back. I can get into that in a little bit. But um, I can tell you one thing is that I'm closer with those relatives than I am the rest because I feel safe around them. I feel like I'm not yeah. being judged for just existing. Um, sorry if this is heavy. Um, but you kind of got to get through the heavy stuff to get to the fun stuff. Well, the heavy stuff is the real stuff. So yeah, if you know me, you know I jump right into the heavy shit. Like, <laughs> same. I am not. Like, cut me open. I'll show you. I mean, like there. Yes, pour it out. Yes. All right. Oh, I have like three glasses think, of wine. Um, I have, I almost brought my box up here, but I, I was like, I need to box. limit myself. No. Yeah, I need to live it myself because, like, I don't have money. My parents are the ones paying for my wine, and they're still pretty stingy on that. So it's like, okay, I get pace yeah. myself. Well, you know what? I should take a page out of your like. I should pace myself, but hey, I mean, it's a Tuesday. Got my box of red wine. If I had it my way, it would be fountains, <laughs> fountains, ever flowing fountains of wine. Like an ice. Like the fountain, fountain of youth. Nice and chilled. The fountain of youth to me is a ever flowing fountain of spirits. And I'm talking like the drinky drank spirits, not the like soul spirits. Not like the Holy Spirit. Like <laughs> Yeah, no, no, none of that mess. It's fine. No, like I'm talking like the good stuff. The stuff that makes you feel like you are crossing into the spiritual realm on a good day. <laughs> anyway. We're gonna get there later today. Oh, yes, I've needed this. Coronavirus who? Uh, oh. But I'm having Coronaritas as soon as this thing is over. Like, yes. I'm going out to a bar, and we're oh getting Coronaritas, and we're getting wasted, and we're going to say, you know what? I beat the coronavirus. I deserve this. We're getting white. Earned this. Wasted. Yes. I need it. Anyway, what was I saying? Um, um, you have a few family members who you feel safe with. Yes, yes, that's where I was. Um, I am lucky. I'm very lucky. My family likes to do the whole love the sinner, hate the sin kind of mess. So even though they see sexuality as being whatever it is from a conservative standpoint, um, whether it be, they, they view the LGBT community as being inherently a sinful community. Um, they view everyone as being inherently sinful, but they like to kind of point that one out a little bit more than everything else. That being said, I agree. I'm still very, very lucky because my family has not kicked me out. They have not um, done anything to give me the impression that they would. 
they've um, supported me financially. And though we don't always have good times, we get in a lot of arguments, but they still are willing to be supportive of my general life and livelihood. Not everyone has that opportunity. Um, a large portion of the LGBT community, even today in 2020, is dealing with internalized homophobia, which causes you to hate yourself because of what you've been told your entire life, yep. external homophobia from family and friends, and societal homophobia from culture and from government. I mean, all um, angles, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's really a mixed problem. And there are lots of people who have it a lot worse than I do. Now, I am a firm... That I, I always say the yeah. same thing. Like, I will cry over... Not all the time. But I have cried before over not getting a text back. I am also aware that even in this moment right now, people are dying and people are losing people to the virus that's going on. But that doesn't mean that I'm Absolutely. not feeling the pain over what I'm experiencing. So I've heard a really good way of describing this. It was in a different context. It was about levels of bad. So when you're talking about a legal system, we have kind of degrees of bad. Like it, as far as the legal system is concerned, doing drugs is bad. Mm -hmm. but murder is a higher degree of bad. Okay, yes. That doesn't mean neither are bad or one is not bad because the other is. It's not a dialectic. It's not something where one is one and therefore the other doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They are both shitty. So yeah. when I talk about my experiences, I fully recognize that other people have a shitty, but a shittier, but that also is giving myself enough kindness and enough self-love to recognize I've been through some shit myself mm -hmm. and recognizing that that has shaped me, who I am as a person and understanding that everyone is a conglomeration of their experiences and everyone's gone through some shit and they deserve the time and the energy to be listened to, to be appreciated and to recognize, you know what, that shit may have been life-changing for them yes 100 percent. so mic drop moment that's our, <laughs> that's our our quotable clip um thank you that was awesome i appreciate that thank you i came at i came at that with a, like completely un um unprepared so. i mean that that's that that's awesome Again, well that like, out of my ass that's right. <laughs> um, that's you're exactly right, though. We are a conglomeration of our experiences, and I can't say it enough. I can't shout it from the rooftops loud enough. Um, you're totally nail on the head with that, right? Nail hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. hit the nail on the you head. Hit the hit nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> I try yeah. to use those little phrases, and then I always fuck them up every time. But that's all good. You did it a hundred percent correctly. That is perfect. Yeah. So, um, I guess getting back to it, um, I went through some shit mm -hmm. as a kid. I, my parents were loving, my family was loving, but they didn't understand. Yeah. I have been sent to um, what I would consider being low-intensity conversion therapy. <gasps> oh my god. So, not like one of these camps that they kind of make it out to be. Those do exist even today. 
most places in the United States is illegal, but unfortunately there are yeah, some states what I kind of that have not passed legislation for um, making that banned. But it's but also I very did, new legislation, correct? Like It is. Within yeah. the last year and a half, yeah. we've had a majority of the states that have been signing into legislation um, or signing into law bills that ban conversion therapy for LGBT individuals. So up until like a year and a half ago, you could willy-nilly send your children to these, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what word to use for them, but yeah. Pseudoscientific religious and conservative therapy events, camps, and offices. Tap between each one of those. <laughs> Yeah, so I I have been to conservative Christian therapy locations uh, over the issue of um, unfortunate things that my family's found on the computer. Um, as I'm sure a lot of your older clientele on your podcast know, computers didn't used to be so personal, private, and individualized. Correct. Um, my family didn't have laptops for a majority of my life. We had a, we had we had a family computer. One desktop. desktop. Yeah, we had one desktop computer. Yeah, my parents' office uh, office space that's connected to their, their bedroom right now is where the office computer, or the, the house computer was. Luckily, now I have my computer and we have phones that literally are generations and decades of technology packed into one little device that you can fit in your hand. But we didn't have that luxury. So anyone who's yeah, seriously. experimenting with themselves and their sexuality and their um, their identity, they had very limited resources to be able to do so. And one of them was a family uh, computer that made it very easy to log in and see what other people have been doing. I was going to say, I did not know. For. I don't know if you could clear your history, but I didn't learn about clearing history until I was in Neither college. did I. So but, I knew that it could be done a bit after all this happened. Like I figured it out, but it was a bit after. So I'm not going to get into the details, but let's just say Zach Efron was a very pivotal point in my life for a lot of it. I feel like we <laughs> have that in common, of course, like for the same exact reasons, but also very different journeys. Um, yeah. I feel like we both have that in common. High School Musical, man, there's a reason we all watched it every Dang. time it came on. <laughs> straight up, straight up. Can we talk about how Ryan was definitely gay and no one even talked about it once? Okay, can we talk about how he was like a caricature of... A gay, a gay person. Absolutely. Like, but to be fair, he was successful. Yeah. Yay. Go I'm not queer positivity. Sorry. I feel like I'm I also passionate. I also kind of had a crush on Ryan, and I feel like that explains some of my real life experiences that have Seriously. He was respectful, um, he was dignified. He was well yes, put he was together. Like he gave yeah. his appearance. Like he didn't just show Seriously. up sweaty in gym shorts everywhere. I like, completely understand that this is stereotypical behavior for a gay person and that's problematic. However, that being said, he was one of the few queer icons in mm-hmm. early like kids. Well, focus oriented. toward a preteen age, like yeah, and not even preteen. Like younger kids enjoyed that, and he, even though they didn't explicitly state it, 
like he portrayed like LGBT community greatness, yeah. like queer excellence. Well, as, like, yeah. like he was, and not to cut you off, I want you to keep going. Please don't lose your train. No, you're good. But he I mean, this better. is how I communicate. It's fine. Okay, me too. I it's a bad. It's like what's your toxic trait? I interrupt people, but um, he it's was okay, one of the popular back. kids. You know what I mean? Like he had his own Absolutely. He was one of the popular kids. Like it wasn't like he was hiding in the shadows. And he was proud. Well, I mean proud. He was who he was. Like he was he like, was- I'm gonna wear this to school. This is what I'm doing. Absolutely, and he was never shamed for it. Yes. That was, I think, the pivotal moment for any LGBT individual watching that was that there was a very obviously queer character. Even though it wasn't outspoken, it was never put into words. Mm-hmm. But they took a caricature and a stereotype of what a gay person looks like, yeah. turned it into a character on the show, yes. and made it so he never felt shamed for being himself. Right. Like he's Honestly, a singer, like a pianist. People were worried about him and Sharpay like having an incest thing than they were about him gay. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong though? You're not wrong. I mean, but I mean, or was that, that just like that, me and my immature fucking friends? Like, you know, it it could be. That. I <laughs> mean, I just like call us out right now. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's I all good. I, was I mean, the masses, and it was just me and my weird. There, there are crazy people out there that kind of care and want to Anything. there is an entire world of crazy out there not shaming just pointing it out crazy is fun you're not going to have more fun than with a crazy ass individual when it, especially when it comes to the bedroom that's like, cool. yeah that's right oh wait seriously <laughs> not like i would know because i i wouldn't they, know I, I date know. very normal people most of the time, aside from when they turn out to be sociopaths. I can't say I date normal ones, but I will say I feel like I don't get the fun side of the crazy. Um, <laughs> I only. I always get the project. <laughs> oh, dude. I. So anyone who knows Myers Briggs. Oh my um, God, I'm yes. an ESFJ. ESFJ. This is why we get along. Exactly. We're a puzzle. But. I have the weird trait of being universally drawn to INTJs. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I was literally had this conversation with one of my best friends like yesterday. And I mean, actually last night and this morning, but like (laughs) I have had so many people in my life who are INTJs. My ex was an INTJ. My current is probably an INTJ. I've had multiple INTJ friends. I, I know the INTJ, so it's introverted, um, intuitive, intuitive. What's the T? thinking and judging? Okay, thinking uh-huh. and judging. So I like going backwards. I mean, you kind of skip around. So introverted, everyone kind of understands. Okay, lesson for those of you who do not know what introverted versus extroverted means. Wait, hang on. Introvert Agent. versus extrovert is not being social. It is where you get your energy from. Sorry, go ahead. No, actually, that's a really good point. You're totally right. Like, an ex, so for me, I have, like, this This is a really good example of, like, what's going on. And I know the quarantine is, like, a fucking shitty example. We're all struggling. I'm not saying we're not all struggling. However. No, but it, it really draws I, out the. I literally have been so sleepy, and I can't, like, motivate myself to do anything because I'm not with my people. Like, 
I'm not with my people. I'm not getting energy from other humans. And so I literally I am, don't have energy for myself. I'm a hundred percent the same way. I've been waking up at like one o'clock in the afternoon every single day. I'll it's drink like, a bunch of wine. I'll drink a bunch of coffee. I'll be up until like three in the morning. I so drink enough coffee to give myself a panic she? attack. And then I uh, can't get anything done because I'm having a panic attack. However, what is funny and what I was freaking out about was I was like, what's um, ENFP? What's the best match? They pair well with INTJ. Probably another reason we fucking bond. Yes. Literally. Literally. INTJs left and right. We, my personality type and INTJs are not supposed to get along at all. But for some reason, I Wait, am also masochistic. Sign because I, I am a Virgo. I am both rising and moon sign Virgo. I, so Pisces, yes, both. Like, I am the Virgoist Virgo you ever did, Virgo. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I don't believe in this mess, by the way. Like, astrology is a fun little thing. It's like Harry Potter houses. It's like, yes. it's kind of fun to know about, but ultimately I don't believe it's, uh, it affects my life directly. I that wish- being the case, I am dumbfounded how much of a Virgo I am. Oh, like, for Pisces. They, like- they completely pegged me down and was like, you're a Virgo, you're a Virgo, you're a Virgo. Don't even think about anything else. You're just a, a hardcore but, Virgo. Like what you're talking about though, how it's not like I fit Pisces really, really well. Well, most of it in terms of like being emotional and emotion driven. My freaking ex was a Gemini. I was say, That's stay me the shooting fuck away myself from in Gemini. the face. Stay the fuck away from Gemini's. Um, Gemini's are crazy. My dad, but my best friend, my best friend in the um, world in college, she's a Gemini and she's not crazy. However, she is an identical twin and I feel like it cancels out if you are literally- yes, I met friend. her. I met both of them. They yeah, lived with you when I met yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so they my ex is both a Gemini and an INTJ. So he's and I was like, this is gonna work. We're gonna make it work. It's fine. And then he cheated and then I broke my heart and then broke up with me literally the week before final exams. <clears throat> I mean, we also have that in common. Like, I got dumped the night before graduation. It's so funny when they're so selfish. Aww. It's great. Don't you love that? I didn't even get invited to my ex's graduation. Neither did I. And we were technically still dating when that party was planned. So I literally, I have, okay, I am not a yell at your partner kind of person. Same. That being the case, there are exactly two instances where I have yelled at a partner both the same person (laughs) first was because he did not invite me to his graduation and I felt completely offended that he was just up and leaving without saying goodbye to move up back up to this area into northern Virginia from school minimum three hours away from where we went to minimum minimum three hours like, I'm sorry, that's not like a long, long distance relationship, but it's, yeah, but like, it's I'm not sorry. Like a little, oh, I'll go see you this afternoon. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there are people who live 30 minutes away from each other, and I would still consider that a long distance relationship if you're not yeah. able to spend time with each other. And we'll get into yeah. that in a little bit because mm-hmm. stories about that. But freaking my ex didn't invite me to his graduation, didn't even say goodbye and told me that he couldn't spend time with me because his family was in town and he needed to spend time with them when I was only asking for like 15 to 20 minutes just to be able to like be in the same space for that like, amount of say, time. Congratulations, you graduated college. Like, I'm sorry. And we were in the car when this happened, by the way, by that giant stadium right next to campus. And oh, I yeah. pulled over and I made him walk home. <laughs> 
I love that. I was like, I cannot deal with you right now after yelling at him being like, this is absurd. Like you say that you love me. You say that you want to be together. You say that you choose me. Where is that? Well, you guys were also not like just dating. You were not like a week into it. No, it was years. Yeah. Literally two years we had been dating at that point. And I still didn't even get invited to his graduation party. That's why it's not even graduation party is graduation period. Like I understand that he was a winter graduate and he only had like six tickets, but you can ask for more. Plus he had one extra anyway. I'm still bitter. The second time I yelled at him was when he told me that he cheated. And I literally spent three hours screaming into the phone, like scream crying, ugly crying in my car in front of my house because I needed the privacy of not being with four other guys who don't understand. Like, those are the only two instances I've ever yelled at a partner. The only two. Like, I'm exuberant, to put it nicely. Like, that's the nice word for it. I have mellowed out a lot to be fair. I will give myself that credit. But like, I've always been very much put a lot of energy into the people that I am around all the time. Mm -hmm. So for me to have enough self-control to only yell at my partner twice in those extreme situations, and I even told him, I was like, I'm going to yell at you now because I need to vent. I need you to listen. So I feel like I'm actually being listened to, but I am going to be yelling from this point moving forward he and he was like okay okay that's fine you deserve that and um so i'm i am courteous i will tell you when i'm about to cuss you out i will tell you when i'm about to yell at your face i will give you ample time to be able to prepare yourself i feel like i don't give as many cues because i cry and i laugh at everything so I am either (laughs) going to be crying or laughing. I'm going to be crying or laughing when you're making me happy, like super happy. I'm either crying or laughing. And then when I'm super pissed, I'm probably going to laugh. And then as soon as I start to try to talk to you, I'm going to cry. Even if I want to yell, it's going to be in crying. So I don't know that I give as many cues because you might be like, oh, she thinks it's kind of funny. Like, no, she's about to cut your dick off, but... I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I'm not crazy. Like, I wish I was crazy. I say no, that. you're not crazy. That's a very ra- okay. So crying is something that people do when there is a lot of emotion. It doesn't matter what the emotion is. This is once, yeah, this has been studied. Your tears have different chemical compositions based on the different emotions that you're experiencing. Aww. Isn't that crazy? The human body's crazy. It's fun. Um, anyway. We all cry when we have an overabundance of chemical composition in our brain for any given emotion. So if you're extremely happy, you'll cry. If you are extremely sad, you'll cry. If you are extremely confused, you're probably going to cry because you have all of these extreme emotions that your body is just trying to expel the extra so that you can handle. And so when you cry, do you immediately feel better afterwards? Yeah, it's like a catharsis. That's why, it's because you're literally, no, it's catharsis, you're right. Um, It's literally taking the chemicals that are creating that emotion in your brain and expelling enough of it so that you can cope with the rest. I feel like crying is cathartic is the title of the episode. (laughs) I like that. 
crying is cathartic. We'll keep an eye on some other one-liners. We'll, we'll have a list going. I have my little notebook. Okay. Wine and cry. <laughs> that one. Love I... that. Wine and cry. Um, uh, I have been thinking about thinking making about a um, podcast with another friend of mine, and we've already come up with a name. We call it Wine Time. W and then in parentheses, H-I-N-E. So it's W-I-N-E with the H in parentheses time. But we have no idea what the topic is going to be. So like, it almost doesn't, well, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. We don't have a shtick. We don't have a shtick. We don't have a thing that we focus on. Like, for example, yours is dating. Yeah. Like, general umbrella. You can detract from that during the episode, but you have well, an anchor point. How about, what if you guys, and I can cut this out so nobody takes your idea, but what if you guys talk about, like, kind of, like, the things you want to bitch about after work, but it can be, like, also past shit, and, like, things you're anxious about? Like, what if you just take it as a time you're, like, okay, like, let's talk about people cutting us off in traffic. Like, okay, let's talk about, like, you know, like, wine time. Like, I feel like you shouldn't box yourself into a corner with that because it's so broad. I think you should run with that because that'll give you more material and just, yeah, you have like, so just make it all relatable content yeah. for people who need to vent. It's essentially like a venting hour because I would fucking listen to that because I, I love that. Relatable. I love that. I need to write that down. Shit. Give me a second. I'm, if I don't okay, trip and fall and go, die. Hang on. I'm going to pause the recording because I'm also going to use the restroom. So you go write that down. I'll be Got right it. back. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Bathroom and wine break. Yes. What were we talking about? Because I'm so a I feel like, and I can't remember anything. I feel like we honestly veered way off, but it was really awesome conversation, and I want to keep every second of it. However, I feel like we never got to your actual coming out. Like, we were like... Yes, we were getting up to it. So, I told you about the fact that I lived with Ian. Mm-hmm. told you about a little bit about my history. Correct. Gave you some good advice for anyone who's dealing with LGBT family. Yes, absolutely. I hope it's good advice. Sorry, that was me projecting my, my hopes and dreams. I hope it's good advice. It, obviously, every person is different. Treat everyone with dignity and respect and you'll be fine. Bottom line, yes. Um, now, I can give you kind of a chronological idea about my situation. Okay. I started at CNU in 2014, mm-hmm. which is when I met your brother. Mm-hmm. I lived with a random straight guy from my parents' church. Oh, interesting. For a good while. Um, he was cool. He was nice. He was very much like, I don't care. He was on the football team at CNU. I mean, we were a D3 school, so. I mean, yeah, he was really good. To be fair, he was their kicker, and he okay. was pretty solid. Like, he was, he was lit. That's fair. Um, okay. I'm not going to get – oh, precursor. I'm not giving names because I want to protect the privacy of the people that are involved because when it comes down to – aside from Ian, you, but that's because he's Ian. But, like oh, – Yeah, he's um, – I outed him a long time ago. Yeah, he's your brother. Whatever. It's fine. Like, and I have no hard feelings and no negative things about Ian aside from the fact that he never – protects me back anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so if you're looking for drama i can give you drama if you're looking for names i will not be giving names 
Um, I'm with you. I mean, and like, like, um, I was kind of saying before we started the recording going, like, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not here. This is this. I said it in the first episode. and I'll say it again right now. I'm not here for a witch hunt. I'm here for a dating revolution. So absolutely. We're calling out behaviors, not people. Yeah, absolutely. I well, I mean, we can call out people too. It's fine. Without using their names for personal <laughs> privacy, like, I don't want to get IRB called on me for whatever, because no, I'm I... Just, yeah, totally. Yeah. But we'll yeah. do not except, like, tag them. Like Ultimately, yeah. it's my experiences I'm talking about. It's my perspective on those experiences, too. I understand that people's perspective changes. Like, or people's, ex- like, the experience as a whole, the reality as a whole, is seen from multiple different perspectives. So my experience may not necessarily be somebody else's experience, even though we lived in the same moment with these, like in each other's proximity. You lived through the same moment. You didn't have the same experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And our experience creates who we are. So it creates as well our perspective and the lens that we view reality through. And just because I'm experiencing life through my lens doesn't mean that somebody else is seeing it the same way. Anyway, off of that tangent, um, I started dating my first semester. I started off as a music education major, felt very comfortable with who I was, or at least started feeling very comfortable with who I was. I got on dating apps long before I started coming out to people. So I had one interaction for lack of more explicit terms with an individual okay and it was nice it was fine like so are it was you, whatever is this um i don't know how to say this and not sound like a dick is this no, sound like a dick honestly like are you like alluding we'll, to your first experience yes. okay okay yes my first experience ever with another person okay. um, was with a guy who I still, to this day, think is remarkably physically attractive. Oh, nice. But, well, he's a, he's a swimmer, and now he's a go-go dancer, and it's a whole thing. Oh. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Like, no shame. People do what they want. It's their body. It's their experiences. Do whatever. Like, well, I'm all for As it. long if as I, it's consensual I, with everybody else. If I had it going on, it would be a Consent is key. Consent is key. I don't know if you can hear uh, my snaps. Uh, uh, Emphasis uh, on consent. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Like, um, I don't keep in touch. I didn't really keep in touch afterwards. Like, it was one of those things. I personally recommend a hookup as your first experience if you are nervous. Because no strings attached. You don't have to get into a relationship. You get it out of the way. Like, you you learn, and if it's a shitty experience, you leave it in the past. If it's a great experience, work from there. But if your, like, general experience is with someone you don't expect to make a relationship out of, I, re- I recommend that, personally. Like, it's weird because a lot of people are going to say, oh no like if you're not willing to date someone you shouldn't necessarily like hook up with them and I'm but like, i feel like i'm with you because it's kind of a less risk 
Yeah, it's a low risk situation. Well, okay. I mean, quote unquote, oh, low risk, risk situation. Emotional, emotional risk. risk. Wear protection. Wear protection. If Maybe like don't, prep, don't give do them that. your social security number. Like, like. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Be take smart about it. Don't be, be dumb. Like, tell someone you trust that you are out with mm-hmm. a person. Yep. Give them enough information to be able to, like... Tell the police. That's what I always say. Like, give them enough to call the police. If I don't don't text you either tonight or tomorrow morning, call the police. Yep. Call the police. They'll be able to go through my phone. It's fine. They'll figure out who it was. Yes. But... Anyway. Like, if... No, I'm with you. A low emotional risk. I'm about that because I know for me, like, I get so attached, blah, 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 blah. So... If I can go in and knowing there's like less risk of being hurt, yeah, I'm kind of seriously. about it. So I, like it's great because you learn who you are in that moment with that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So in the gay community, it's a bit different than in a straight relationship because there's a bit more factors when it comes to oh, or, I can only okay, imagine. So I'm a gold star. I'm gold star, and if you don't know what that means, look it up. I'm not getting into Wait, it. I don't know what but that you don't know what that means? No. Oh, I guess I can get into it. It means I've never had experience with a woman. Oh. So, like, I've had two girlfriends prior to college. The longest okay. one lasted two weeks. Okay. Wait, how old? So, like, just because, like, sophomore in co- or in high school. Oh, well, baby JJ. Yeah, like, completely not a thing, but it was a thing. Like, it was nice, it was cute, it was fun. It didn't last, and I was like, I didn't know, I knew enough then to know that it was not genuine. It was, I would, I would call it experimenting. I would also call it, like, appeasing family. Yeah, totally. Friends and being like, oh, yeah, no, I've had girlfriends. I'm just single right now because I'm focusing on myself. For those of you who are genuinely focusing on yourself, go you, self-help, self-health, self-love, self-kindness, you are the focus, do that for you. For me, that was an excuse to keep myself safe. So, be that as it may. Okay, so you're a gold star. That's very, I did not know Mm -hmm. that's what that meant. So, okay. Yeah. So is like that, okay, I'm, I mean, is that is that supposed to be because like, um, it's like a play? Because you, you we always joke like, oh, you get a gold star because you've done a good job. So it's like, like, it's kind of like it's a like almost, by which your experiences can be held or seen through. I, it, what's a compare? Like, what's another term? So like that means like something similar. Like a silver star would probably have like had some sort of sexual interaction with a person of the same gender or of a different gender of the opposite gender, not opposite gender. Sorry, I'm not perfect. I will accidentally miss. Yeah, I will accidentally misgender someone if I get it wrong and I misgender you and I know you and you're listening to this. Tell me, I want to get it right. I don't want to be in the dark about it. Like. That's my last. I misgender you. It's genuinely not intentional. It is simply put a social inter. Like I have internalized a lot of social phenomenon, including homophobia and transphobia and stuff like that, and racism. Like 
I have internalized that throughout my entire life and I'm trying to unlearn that. It is a process and I apologize in advance if I misgender someone. Anyway, I left it in that being a couple said. of mistakes in my interview with Zach. I left in a couple of the times where I misgendered them because Zach goes by they, them pronouns now. And I left it in because we actually had a conversation at that time where Zach acknowledged that it is hard when I've known, we've known each other for eight years now. So it is a hard yeah. thing. And, and them acknowledging that made me feel really good. And I was embarrassed and I was like, I want to edit that out, but I actually think it's valuable to keep it in that like we're all absolutely, um, and we're all learning and it doesn't mean we don't want to. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm totally with you. Like I make those mistakes. I fuck up constantly. That's why I'm like, I want to call myself an ally, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing enough to be an ally. An like, ally is someone yeah. who respects the dignity of another person Yeah. and says, you have the right to be who you are. Yeah. Like within the realm of consent, obviously. And I feel like, I hate that I have to say that, but I feel like I have to say that. You know what I mean? Oh. Like it's shitty that that is like a qualifying statement. Yes. Anyway. Anywho. Yes. Like, no one is advocating for pedophilia as being part of the LGBT community here. I'm or sorry. Bestiality. That like, is not consent. Please, like, come on. Like, let's be fucking reasonable. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, seriously. Like, let's I... Trans age is not a thing that I will... Like, I'm sorry. I have limits, oh. too. And I'm very understanding. But I do not see any practical reason for there to be concessions made that could potentially disadvantage people who are not able to give consent, AKA people who are a part of the pedophile community, people who are part of the trans quote unquote age community. It, it creates a harmful and problematic environment for people who are part of the LGBT community because People who are phobic of anyone in the LGBT community will use that as an excuse to delegitimize people yes. in the LGBT community. And that's yep. unacceptable. Yep. Sorry. That yep. little rant, like, I'm sorry, being gay does not lead to pedophilia. It does nope. not lead to bestiality. If nope. you are committing bestiality, I'm sorry, go back to freaking, like, wherever it is backwoods that you go. <laughs> like. And first off, no, that's disgusting. That's unacceptable. They are not able to give consent. Therefore, they are not able to actually have well, consent. I'm sex. sorry. Jolie is a baby infant. So. Yeah, seriously. Like, I'm sorry. It's not sex if there's no consent. It's rape. Yep. It's assault. Bottom line. And the fact that I have to, mm, the fact that I have to clarify that statement and put that into words for people to understand. Quote me, if you need to, to people who are haters. There are haters out there. You know them. They exist. Like, I guarantee when I say someone that's hating on the LGBT community, you can think of at least one person, no matter who it is. Yep. So, like, if you need to quote me on this, please do. You are more than welcome to quote me on this. Say... Someone who studies sociology and has a degree in it has said, blah, yeah. blah, blah, consent is key. It is not sex if it's not consent or consensual. Like, if it's not consensual, it's rape and sexual assault. That's not acceptable behavior. No. Don't do it. You are not valid in expecting to, I'm, like, you are valid if your identity 
is within the realm of consent and it is genuine. People who are saying, oh, well, now I can just say I'm a woman and go into the women's bathroom, whatever, and do whatever the hell I want. Like, oh my God. that's not acceptable because you do not genuinely feel like your gender and your sex do not line up. Mm-hmm. Or that your gender and your sex are female. I'm sorry, that is not acceptable. Like, and I will, I will go off without hesitation on anyone, anyone who decides to disregard and disrespect people for their identity when in regards to a consensual and understand like an understandable like construct. Um, it's 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 childish. It's really childish. Like saying oh i like someone who throws a fit and i know i'm a completely on a tangent someone who throws a fit about a person identifying as they them grow up grow up you have a brain i hope and if you have a brain which qualifies you as being an animal and if you have a consciousness that qualifies you as being a human if you want to omit those then you can go right back to being not relevant whatever like, the fish thing is before we were walking primordial soup go back to being primordial <laughs> soup and don't invest anything in anything sorry Anywho, what was I saying hang on Wait, let's okay let's get where where was our track how do we even get back to our track to get on it um, I don't even know. He, I get off topic so you fast. You have big so easy. girlfriends. I don't know if that's rude to call them yes. that, but I had beards. Ooh! For those of you who don't that's know, a beard is someone. A beard is someone who, by their own awareness or not, is a partner to someone of the LGBT community who is not their preferred gender. A beard is someone who an LGBT individual uses as an opportunity to escape prejudice. Correct. It's not ideal. No one is excusing using somebody else as an object or as a scapegoat. However, I am asking those who are listening to have some empathy. Mm-hmm. Understand that the individuals who are in the closet or who are using someone as a beard, it's not great. No one is trying to make the excuse that it is. At the same time, however, think about the consequences for the person who's in the closet in the situation where they are using a beard. For example, in high school, I'm sorry, but I have lost too many of my LGBT brothers and sisters and thems and theys to bullying Mm -hmm. i myself was almost a victim of suicide because of bullying in high school i am in a significantly better place than i was partly because i've accepted who i am as a person and recognized you know what i have dignity and decency and i deserve to be loved no matter what my sexual identity and sexual orientation are absolutely but I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's okay to use somebody else. What I am saying that if you or someone you know has been 
used as a beard for someone who was in the closet, please understand that that is not their desire, but it is a protection option. It is a defense mechanism. It's a coping mechanism, and they would not do that unless they felt like they absolutely had to. For example, for example, if you have not seen Love, Simon, I highly recommend it. I have cried to that movie far too many times for myself to count. But um, Simon, to some extent, uses people as a beard. Maybe not necessarily by date. Well, no, he does. He does date a girl, breaks up with her. They reference that. It's not like a main part of the story plot, but she would be considered a beard. But like, I don't know why my door just cracked. Anyway. Your house is haunted. My family's dog probably just leaned up against the door. Um, but yeah, like beards are a thing and it's not, it's not ideal. It's not great, but what can you expect from someone who's desperate and who's trying to protect themselves when it comes down to that one's own priority is self-preservation. Yep. A hundred percent. I was about to say those words. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like in this situation, you have to, you have to shape your mindset to be, this person is in a corner yep. socially and personally and emotionally and mentally and sometimes even spiritually and religiously. Like oh gosh, this yeah. person is, is dealing with the pressure of the entirety of society and culture from their own perspective yes. coming down on them about this issue. If you were in that kind of situation, you would do the same. And I can guarantee that as a fact. Well, and what it comes down to is what I've said before, and I know it's cliche, but it's not you, it's them. It's what's going on in their world. And Absolutely. To some extent, I would even say maybe be flattered because they're using you as an opportunity okay, to say, say to the rest of the world. That. I'm glad you... I'm glad you said it because I was like, I don't want to say that because I like that's how I would take it, but I don't know like if Absolutely. that's where you're coming from. The girls that I dated in high school, one was a teen model, and the other was very well known in the school as being someone who was generally respectable and decent and nice and pretty. And like, they did not know. I'm not even sure if they still, or if they know now, or if they still don't know. I have not kept in touch with them at all since high school because high school was, for me, a decade and a half ago. I mean, yeah. I think it was actually a decade. I almost graduated from high school a decade ago. That's crazy. Oh, same. Thank you for that. Yeah. Wait, you and I are pretty much close to the same age. I'm turning 26 this year. I just turned 27. So (laughs) you and I are closer in age than me and your brother. (laughs) Um, Interestingly enough. You're probably smack dab in the middle of us because Ian just turned... Ian turned 25, so I turned 26. So he will turn 26 in December. He's a December baby. So he's like, he's a little kind of oh, off a little Okay, bit. yeah, no. We, we're only a couple months different then because I turned 26 in August, practically September. August 31st, whatever. Okay. It's fine. So, Don't yeah. steal my social security card, please. Anyway, for my social security, that would be ideal. Please don't. Yeah, that. Anyway, um, I had beards in high school. 
Yes. When I went to college, I had dated, or I had, I had been talking to and interacted with one individual. Okay. And then, like two weeks after that, I started dating my first boyfriend, who I had dated, like from that point forward for four years. Which is crazy. It's a long ass time. It's It's a a long ass time. Well, and especially this is what I said about Zach and I too. that period of your life is so pivotal because you go from essentially being a teenager to being an adult. Like it's not just four years. Like if you dated all four years of high school, yes, there's a lot going on. Yes. There's a lot of changes, things like that. But when you're dating from the time you're, you're going from an adolescent to an adult, you're also dating through a lot of changes and it's a really pivotal time in your life. So I stand by that in an like hetero, cis, whatever relationship that I was in, I stand by it had a huge impact in my life. So not only are you experiencing that, but you're experiencing mm-hmm. your first relationship that you wanted to be in. So, anywho. Absolutely. Well, maybe not necessarily like, okay, so I wanted a relationship with my first interaction. It didn't work out. Most relationships or most interactions don't turn to relationships in, some, in, a, in a situation where someone is dating regularly like that's fine that is the reality of life not everyone is meant to be with everyone else so like i saw it best on a buzzfeed video where they were describing like a gay woman's experience where it was like first you have to take the whole population then you have to recognize that lgbt individuals are a tenth of the population ish give or take so that's down to a tenth of the population then you have to deal with a the, the portion of that population that is compatible, like, for example, for, for that, it was a woman, so it was a lesbian or bi population. For me, it was a bi or gay population, or like, gay. Gay and lesbian are interchangeable, by the way. Gay is also used to describe anyone who is attracted to someone of the same sex. So it's a subset, it's an umbrella, and it's a subset of that same umbrella for women who are same-sex attracted men just tend to go by gay women can go by gay or lesbian either way it still describes the same situation yes um for me like i had the subset of the lgbt community and then the subset of that community which is the gay or bi community and the subset of that community to the people that i know then the subset of that community to the people that I know that are into me, and then the people that are a subset of that community that are people that I know that are into me that I am also into themselves, and then you have to whittle that down to people who I'm compatible with. And that leaves like such a small portion of people in the world that it's practically nothing. So, my first boyfriend, we met because we, I, uh, he was in the fraternity that I was planning on joining at the time. And that's important. I was not in the fraternity yet, but I was a, like, in-training brother, whatever. So, started, this was my first semester. I started going through the motions of trying to get involved in the fraternity community and I could because I was a transfer student I had a GPA which was one of the criteria for being in fraternity and sorority life at CNU Mm -hmm. 
you had to have a freshman GPA. Yep. It had to be above 2.0 because you had to be a student in good standing with a GPA. Yeah. I had transferred in, so I could have been a part of the fraternity my first semester. Shit happened, didn't work out my first semester, but in the process of that, I met my partner at the time, and I had just started to come out. That is when I told, well, okay, so I went on that first date experience thing. Right. And then a couple weeks later, after trying to get through the process, excuse me, the process with uh, my fraternity, we were required to do interviews with all the brothers to be able to just kind of get to know them, for them to get to know us, for them to be able to deliberate and decide whether or not we would be a good fit. At that point, I was like, this is a good opportunity to shed some light on my personal experiences with the people that I want to call my brothers in this fraternity. So during, I made a, a pact with myself that during these interviews, I would come out to people. Mind you, this is in the music department. So like half of the brothers were gay anyway. So they obviously didn't have a problem with it. It was a safe kind of opportunity. Yeah. It was a microcosm that was safe for me to be able to express myself, get used to expressing myself to new people, be comfortable with it and generally just like okay here's who I am take it or leave it like you put a lot on the line even still because you never know like it's a scary thing quoting Love Simon paraphrasing Love Simon it's scary telling the world who you are because you never know whether the world is going to be okay with that yeah so yeah one by one I started coming out to these people Mind you, the person that I started dating um, after this point, my first partner, um, was someone that I'd seen around campus and he was in this fraternity and I was like, oh, he's really attractive. I really would love to like see if that would work out. But I was under the impression that he was straight, partly because he was very invested in religious circles and was very, like he was a philosophy minor and like very much like openly religious, openly, like, more on the conservative side, like, generally just someone you would expect would be, like, straight. Yeah. Like, quote, unquote, stereotypically straight. Like, I was gonna say, he's hitting some stereotypes, yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll tell him, and then it'll, I'll move on, it's fine. So, I told him, and I was like, hey, okay, so I met him first, and was like, Ooh. So I may get a little triggered about this because it's still fresh, the breakup and everything, but like, it's fine. I'll be fine. Anyway, I may get a little emotional. It's fine. Um, when I met him, I, it was in this like secret garden, whatever, in the music department building or in the oh, arts building. Yeah. We call yeah. it the garden in the Ferg. The secret garden. I called it the the Narnia door because it was it wasn't the the big one it was the little one there are two. Okay, I'm so I know the one, one with a bench in it. There's one with one bench in it, and there's one with like that half circle of benches and the little fountain and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about the little one. You're talking about the one that's a big pathway that's right inside the main entrance. Yeah, that's the one. 
so he was eating lunch in there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I had my lunch. I went in, I opened the door and I was like, oh, I didn't realize someone was in here. Wink, wink, cough, cough, nudge, nudge, whatever. Here's my move. <laughs> Low key, I knew he was in there and I just wanted to introduce myself. Um, walked in there and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't realize anyone was in here. And he was like, oh, it's no problem. And I was like, oh, you're in that same organization that I'm in. Would you like some company? And he's like, sure, whatever, why not? So I sat down and we started chatting. The first conversation we had was about like people watching. And I was like, error. And I was like, so what are some things that you're into? What do you see? What are some things that you enjoy doing? Like, oh yeah, I'm like really a people watcher. I love observing people and kind of figuring out what they do, what they don't do, like what they like, what they don't like. Um, so I was just like, oh, I love people watching, which I do. It was not a lie. It was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not disingenuous. It was accurate. I love people watching. I love observing what people do. I mean, obviously, I'm a sociology major, so like, duh. Yeah, totally. So we continued that conversation. And we had that, we had built that conversation for like four hours. I did not come out yet. But we had like this amazing conversation for hours on end that evening. And then the next, or I was like, okay, do you want to schedule this interview for this fraternity thing? Like, I'd love to get it out of the way if you have some time. And he was like, sure, well, how about tomorrow? So I was like, that's great, whatever. Like, that would be marvelous. Um, next day, met up had the interview at, um we talked for like hours and hours and hours outside and then it got dark walked back inside into a practice room when i was like after a little bit longer of just chatting and talking getting to know each other i was like by the way i just i want to let you know i'm not entirely straight and he is like oh okay um, well, I've never told anyone this before, but neither am I. And so that was the beginning. We stayed up all night talking, getting to know each other, talking about our experiences, talking about our family life, talking about religion, talking about like philosophy, talking about just everything and anything under the sun. And just kind of comparing and contrasting our experiences as individuals in the LGBT community coming from, he also came from a highly conservative background, very much like my family. So like, it was weird finding somebody else who was almost exactly like me in these various different experience, like various different areas of experience. It was really cool. Um, so we stayed up all night, we kept talking, through the entire, like we stayed up all night talking. I had parked my car on the top deck of the parking garage, the Ferg, which mm -hmm. is the, the music and arts building. And we sat on my car watching the stars just talking like the entire night. It was romantic AF. I was like, I'm like dying over here. Like they, nobody can see crazy me. Romantic. Me, but like I'm like dying over here. And it wasn't like pre-planned. Like, it wasn't something that, no, like, oh, my gosh, no, we're going no, on a date. No, we have to do this. We have to do that. No, like, and it's, it like, organic. And you're just, like, this is what. It was organic. It was 100% something that was spur of the moment organic. 
Also, I like, can just like imagine like how high your emotions are running because like you did not know that that was going to be his response. Yeah, I was completely, completely surprised by that. Completely taken aback. It was one of those things that was like. It's almost like an out-of-body experience, right? You're like, I am like, this what person that I'm really into. That's a mm -hmm. genuinely decent person, from what I, I can tell, is mm -hmm. also experiencing the same thing I am. Is part of the same community that I am. Like, what? So that was the start of our relationship. After a couple of days, I was like, hey, like we've been seeing each other every day. Oh, 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 oh. We okay. Sappy, sorry, mom moment. Yeah. Um, after that first night of talking, after we had both come out to each other, um, we went back to my place, watched, watched quote unquote Maleficent. By the way, not great for getting people in the mood. However, we were on the same couch, and he was like, "It's really cold in here," and I was like. Uh, eyebrow squinch. So wait, is this is this all in that same night? Yes. Wow. Well, okay. So it was the next day. It was like come out, spend the night talking, wake up the next morning, go to class, whatever, do whatever you need to do, and then so it's the next a following evening. Night. So it's a yes, following. I was night. like, okay. okay, let's get together, whatever. He came over to my place, and we watched Maleficent. And he was like, I'm cold. And I was like, oh, no, okay, let me go get, let me go get a blanket. Um, so I have this giant, super fluffy blanket. It's great. It's like that microfiber, but like super, super alpaca furry, fluffy blanket. Yeah, something like that. Sorry, Jillian just showed me uh, her blanket. That <laughs> That's right next to me. Low-key, comfy AF. Anyway, went and grabbed that, brought it back over. And I was like, here you go, use this. And so he did. I was on the completely opposite end of the couch because if you know me, you know I'm not the kind of person that's going to make the first move. I'm the same way. I will, like, literally, I will pretend that I have something to do on the other side of the room. Like, I'm such a little psycho. I will talk a big game until the day I die, but when it comes down to, like, play, like, what we're actually doing, like, no, I'm a little chicken. Absolutely. And I'm straight. I'm the same way. So I'm the kind of person who's going to sit on the opposite end of the couch and pretend like I don't feel anything. And then out of the blue, I'm like, I'm like oh, we're, just, we're just, we're just friends. And, and, and I'll also, I will also like tend to act a little cold because I'm so hyper aware that I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to see it written on my forehead that I'm so into them. So I'll act yes. like, Oh yeah, it's cool. Like whatever. Like I'll act like I don't Straight care. Up. It, whereas like I'm actually talking. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I'm totally there okay. with you sitting on the other end of the couch. Yeah, it's a thing. And so, like, as time went on, we just kept watching the movie. I'm like, now that you mention it, like, I'm feeling a little cold, too. Do you mind if I use the other end of that blanket? It's just, like, one little tiny corner. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And, uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so steal the literal opposite end of the blanket. Mind you, it's a gigantic king size blanket, whatever. Like, oh it's huge. So there is plenty of room for like seven or eight people under that thing with some extra, like, leave room for Jesus space. Perfect. But I was like, oh, okay, thanks. 
and I kind of like scooted in mm -hmm. like and then like push comes to shove the movie goes on and I'm like oh, okay like shoulder touching like contact sparks flying fireworks blah 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 ended up cuddling on the couch for a bit and then um after the movie had gotten a bit way through and we were just like this movie is not worth the time and energy to watch it um things progressed moved to forgive me that's my, that's my puppy stop that timing was the best oh my god <laughs> my dog's knocking over shit it's fine that um, timing was the best timing I've ever, I'll pause it, but that was the best thing. Okay. Sorry about that. My dog decided to bark and knock shit over. So, it's as fine. I was saying, um, we started kind of getting more, like, personal and intimate and whatever, and things progressed. And as I'm sure you could imagine, bing, bang, boom things happen. Not going to get into it. Um, I told Jillian this earlier, but I'm not going to get into bedroom stuff um, unless it's general questions, um, just to protect my privacy and my part, my ex-partner's privacy and my current partner's privacy and any other partners that I've had, just because, I'm sorry, getting into another small tangent, somebody else's bedroom life is not anybody else's prerogative to know unless they yep. decide to make it your information. So yep. um, if you're curious about what questions are appropriate or not appropriate to ask, never ask a gay person what their position is. It's horribly rude. Uh, are you saying, <laughs> are you, <laughs> JJ has a husky, by the way. That's why they're so vocal. <laughs> yeah, and I'm about to <laughs> Okay, so what I was um, about to say is, JJ, are you saying that people should not ask if you are a top or bottom? I 110% <laughs> say never, ever, ever beyond, like, it's so rude. Would you ever ask a straight person whether or not they're getting, like, drilled in the butt? I'm sorry. That is not your business. That's not anybody else's business unless they decide to make it your business. Exactly. Like, if you have a super, super close friend, literally your best friend on the planet, and they volunteer that information to you. Correct. Then it's your business to be able to interact with them and them only about. You do not share that information with anybody else. That is a huge breach of trust, a huge, huge huge breach of confidence like i'm sorry that's not acceptable i'm not sorry i'm not sorry i'm not going to apologize for telling people not to be rude so don't ever ask a gay person whether they're a top or a bottom unless they voluntarily give you that information you want to learn how to lose their trust that's number one way to do so well number three but that's <laughs> among the top five ways yes. to lose your gay friend's trust yes okay As Especially, and this has happened to me, where someone asked, and because I'm a very voluntarily informative person, someone asked me what my position was, and I told them, and they were like, oh, that's gross. And I'm like, fuck off. 
Okay, it's also like A, you asked, and B. Yes, that was the thing. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anywho, don't fucking ask the question. Unless you're unless willing, like, unless you're willing to have the fallout of your friend not be your friend anymore. Or if you can't take the actual answer, if they are gracious and nice enough to give you the answer, I'm sorry, if you're going to respond with anything aside from that's really cool, I'm really proud of you for being able to like, open up yourself to whatever, like, and share that information with me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's super personal information. Like, I'm sorry. We can get into why that's super personal, why that's unacceptable. First and foremost, masculinity. Masculinity, the, the stereotypes oh, of masculinity uh, and femininity. masculinity is that what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, we're talking about toxic masculinity. And I'm sorry if you're offended by, like, uh, if you're offended if you're about offended, me talking about toxic you need, masculinity, you can go away. You need, I'm well, sorry. You, you need to look at some things. If you're offended by that, then you really need to take a good introspective look at some things because it is a real phenomenon. I'm not a feminazi. You are definitely not a feminazi. I'm a feminist, um, and I'm a guy, so... Femi no, feminist. I'm talking about feminazi, like, when you, like, make it, like, you criminalize a feminist. Yeah. Um, it's and that's, that's like, not what we're talking about here. Like, we're talking about being... Toxic masculinity is very real, the incel world, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you absolutely. feel yourself identifying with those ideologies, like you need to take a look and and I mean that as heartfelt as I can and you probably need someone to take a look at that with you in terms of you might need some help by the way there is no stigma for going to a therapist no. I have a therapist I'm sure you probably have a therapist I have literally I so many friends who have a therapist three like, and a half years shout out to Dr. Stein he yes, awesome. yes loved him um, he was the only reason that I like made it through being in North Carolina by myself. He was like this Absolutely. eight year old little Jewish man. He's my favorite person in the world. Um, I think everyone should have a feminist, whether you think you're healthy or not, because there is just yes. some shit in this world that you cannot handle being by yourself. And sometimes you need a professional opinion, and even if it's someone to vent to, which is me and my therapist every time I just vent and she's just like, Oh, that's interesting. That's nice. And every, like, I, I'm not trying to throw shade. My therapist is amazing. She knows just how to help me. Most of the time, that's just giving me a voice and an ear to, like, listen to my yes. issues, my problems, my perspective. Like, she is amazing. There are male therapists that are amazing. There are female therapists and they, them therapists that are absolutely marvelous. If you have the opportunity to have a therapist, take it because yes. it will help you be a better person. And I'm sorry, if you get upset by someone saying feminism or toxic masculinity, like you need to see a therapist because you need to deal with some shit. And I'm not, I am not shaming someone for needing to deal with shit. I am absolutely telling people that they need to get over it I'm and just, move on. I'm, and I'm asking you to seek help. That's what I'm doing. I'm not demanding you get over it. I'm asking that you do something about it. I guess my point is if you're going to deal with anyone in the LGBT community, you need to understand a couple of things. First and foremost, people are worth dignity and respect. 
Bottom line. Yes. Secondly, everyone has their shit. And no one person's shit is worse or better than any other person's shit unless you're dealing with rape and murder. Which in that case, their shit's a little worse. But that's obvious. Anyways, third thing. Men are treated better than women literally 99 times out of 100. Mind you, men can also be the victim of toxic masculinity. Oh, 100%. No one, like, men can be... Men are actually, to some extent... They are the victims of it. That's where it comes from. Yes. So, I... When someone says feminism... The, the reason they use the word feminism with the root being fem and the root being back to the understanding of women is because it is ineffective to say someone like equalist, like meninist, because it's a power dynamic. The way you correct a power dynamic is by empowering the lower, lower, quote unquote. Right the marginalized group mm-hmm. to feel empowered to speak up for themselves and to be equal in society. T- saying feminist is not saying men should be brought down, but that women should be raised up to be equal to men. Yes. Saying black lives matter, for example, is not saying white lives don't matter. It is not saying that any life is not worth dis- decency and dignity. It's saying that black lives have historically and generally and systemically been seen as being less than ev- like white people. So you take the marginalized community and you say, this matters to say, you know what? And to bring it up to the equal standing of the majority and the um, best treated group of people. This is a sociological phenomenon saying this matters is not saying this does this other thing doesn't it's saying that this matters because it has been historically treated like it doesn't so when someone says black lives matter it's not saying white lives don't it's saying that black lives also matter but it doesn't ring quite right when you say black lives matter too doesn't quite roll off the tongue as nicely it's not great for campaign slogans and whatever so black lives matter short sweet to the point Feminism, short, sweet, to the point. All of these things are created for the purpose of bringing up the marginalized community to the equal standing with the regular, quote unquote, um, privileged community. If I say privileged and you feel a little demon in your heart saying, (laughs) first off, sit in that. Take it in. Look at it. If you feel that little nagging in your mind saying, this little troll in your mind saying, eh, no, you, you need to take an introspective look and recognize, you know what? That might just be the way you've been trained to think about everybody else so that you feel like you're better. It's important, it's relevant, and it's absolutely toxic. But at the same time, everyone has that. I have that. I am no perfect person. I do have an issue with racism. I have found that I treat 
my black brothers and sisters and they them people differently because I'm a white man, because I've been trained to do that, because I've internalized it, and because I am generally speaking a person with a lot of privilege. That doesn't mean I'm okay with that, and it doesn't mean I'm not trying to change it. I am every day trying to make sure that I use my privilege to be able to privilege other people. So if you hear the word privilege or feminism or Black Lives Matter or any of these terms that we're using and you feel attacked, you need to sit with that. You need to listen because ultimately these are other people's lives and experiences that you are hearing. So not to preach, I am... <laughs> 85% certain that pretty much everyone that's listening to this podcast is probably in line with my way of thinking. But when it comes down to it, I hope so. take a moment, yeah, take a moment, recognize like I'm privileged. That's not necessarily saying I don't have things shitty. It just means that there are factors that mean that I don't have it as shitty as some other people because of their identity. Correct. I've been grandstanding. I've had wine. Please don't blame me. I know. I love all of you. I love every, okay, I don't love everyone. I love most people. I just don't necessarily like most people. <laughs> and I, I'm the same way. Like, I get very impassioned about certain things.